Hello and welcome back to Energizing Life with AKR Fitness. It's another special episode. I'm Jace. I've got Lindsay here. Hello. And I've also got AKR mem- member, member, <laughs> AKR member Rachel. Welcome to the show. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you for having nice me. To, nice to have you here. So tell us, who are you? <laughs> who are I? Who are you? Well, I'm, I'm Rachel Thompson. I am now a half a century Julian, 50 years old. Um, I uh, work in public health. Um, so I'm a health improvement officer for children and young people. So that's been my passion and my life for probably about 18 years now. Before that, I was um, sort of, I guess, bimbling through life, not really knowing what I wanted to do, you know. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. What made you decide kinda... to go into that field 18 years ago? I think ago. a bit of life experience, to tell you the truth. Yeah. You know, I grew up, I was a really uh, kind of self-conscious child, kind of, you know, shy um, I kind of got into my 20s and had some really rubbish relationships. Well, <laughs> um, your 20s are fourth, though, right? I think yeah, so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Learning yeah. curves. You should be learning. And mm-hmm. I think kind of going through that and having a few life experiences that you think, oh, God, why on earth did I do that? Mm-hmm. And seeing, you know, young people particularly that you think trying to kind of help them navigate as well. You've got to do it yourself, that's yeah. the thing. So, and that's a lot of what public health, my, my line of work's about, is finding out what works for people and, you know, how you can kind of navigate and, and make health an easier choice and, you know, kind of make positive choices as well. So, so yeah, it sounds yeah. like going through your 20s was a bit of an eye-opener for you oh, and yeah. there was no real... There, there wasn't any for, anywhere for you to reach out to. And it sounds like what you've done is you, you're now that person for people. I'd like to think so, yeah. yeah. I mean, my first job. I mean, I, I didn't get into health straight away. I was I was a manager of like a retail outdoor store. Uh-huh. And I, I was great at it. You know, it was always had good sales and all that. Yeah. But I just knew it wasn't right for me. Mm-hmm. Um, that store ended up um, going into administration. It was a massive store uh-huh. in the UK but they'd expanded too quickly I went into administration and I was like crap what am I gonna do yeah you know so there was actually a, a job ad- advert came up for youth work so I thought I'm gonna give it a go uh-huh. so it was the most scary interview I've ever had because I was interviewed by kids <laughs> I got my own kids yeah wow. yeah kids and, a, and an adult uh-huh. and it was, for for the company that you were going to work for yeah yeah it was it was Money Council up in up in uh, Lossiemouthburg, Head Hope, and that kind of area. So is that where you're from originally? Well, no, I'm a scaly brat. So <laughs> I was born. I've got Geordie parents. <laughs> a what? A scaly brat. I've never heard that. Yeah, so I was born in Cambridge. Um, Made moved... in Carlisle, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that's an um, Went out to Germany for a few years. I yeah. think I was six when I came to Lossy Mouse. So okay. I started primary school in Lossy Mouse. Got dragged up in Lossy Mouse. Um, <laughs> and yeah, that's... And then I moved out to Aberdeen, uh, what, 2012? 2012. So, yeah, yeah. So that's taken us up to 2012. So that was your life before. So yeah. And a bit pursuits in outdoor... Um, yeah. retail and then public health started in in sort of money as uh-huh. well because I used to coordinate I, mean, I, I got the youth work job yeah. and I actually because the store that I was working for kind of turned into millet spot over the black side oh, door yeah. groups um so I was still managing them um and then I ended up doing the youth work sort of over that as well in my spare time yeah and loved it, found out I loved working with kids, which was a bit, bit of an eye-opener because I didn't think I would, you know, <laughs> I never wanted kids uh-huh. and all that. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, that That was then the shift. There was a job came up with public health um, and I, I know in Murray. Okay. So that's where it all started. I did six years of sort of health improvement work. So I was going into schools doing um, sort of drugs education, I was coordinating, the biggest part was coordinating the mobile information bus, which up there was called the sex bus. <laughs> oh so, yeah, lots the of... The sex bus? Yeah, because it's it's it was a bus that you would take round. Wait, yeah, wait, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. It was a big Ivoco truck, so uh-huh. it had been converted into like a living room in the back. Where, you know, you, and this you is taking a turn. Kids could, come, <laughs> kids could come in and they would talk about what they wanted to talk about. And often, because oh, okay. schools, sex education isn't the most inspirational. I don't know what yours was like, but no. mine was her- her- horrific. Um, so I think they I would come on. Through mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
because we had such a safe space it was uh-huh. it was really nice to for them and you know it was the usual chats it was alcohol drugs yeah. sex drugs and rock and roll i was yeah. the sex drugs and rock and roll queen up there so <laughs> yeah so that must have been quite rewarding and enjoyable oh, very, yeah, yeah really good i loved it i really loved it um so i did that for six years mm-hmm. and then i went into schools work where there was a, a big target for schools to all be health promoting schools um, so well, I was, was involved the turn in that. Of it, was it? Yeah, yeah. Like, so vending machines coming out, healthier food going in. Yeah, yeah. Jamie Oliver. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no turkey Twizzlers. <laughs> Ruin school dinners forever. <laughs> um, so you were the person that would go in and try and promote that. Well, yeah, that? you would be working with the schools. It was, I think, that was a bit of a change. And I suppose when you, it's when you, where your work sort of develops, I, I really missed actually because you were, you still worked a little bit with young mm-hmm. people, but not in the same capacity. So it was more working with leaders in schools and education and trying to get them look at all different levels, partnership working, mm-hmm. um, you know, what resources they had to make sure they were kind of on the right track. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that that went on till probably about 2010. Mm-hmm. And, and then Curriculum for Excellence took over, which had a real focus for health. So that yeah. was a big game changer. Um, so would you think, say that whole time you were um, interested in health and fitness? Always, yeah, always. Okay. I mean, even when I was kind of growing up, I was mm-hmm. always active. You know, I used to horse ride. I always loved going to the gym. I was never a runner, I must admit. <laughs> and I never, well, cycling was okay. I mm-hmm. did I did sort of get into your spin classes. I, I kind of had fits and starts with fitness, you know. Yeah. I would kind of, um, it depends on the bits in your life where you would maybe get involved in a relationship and it took a bit of a back step uh-huh. to get fat and happy sort of thing, you know? <laughs> or what it wasn't priority on. number one for you. <laughs> no. no. Um, so fits and starts. Um, but and, and I did, I suppose, before I came through here, I'd got right into fitness again up in uh, the leisure centre up in... Elgin. Um, what did that look like, getting right into fitness? Just before you Lots of classes. I was never a gym bunny. Okay. I, I mean, although I'd had uh, experience in gyms, I, I don't think... I always needed somebody to kind of encourage me, mm-hmm. although I was never good at somebody trying to beast you, if you know what I mean. You know, the sort of... Sergeant. I. No. I. So I, I did a lot of classes, you uh-huh. know, and it was a mix of, like, your... Um, like flow classes. Um, I got into the the spin was mm-hmm. my favorite. It was my very least favorite at one point because uh-huh. the first time I tried it, I went blind and fell off. It was that I don't have a middle line. <laughs> I was just like, you know, you didn't know when to stop. No, no. no. Um, but it eventually, when I did get my fitness uh-huh. up again, it became my my kind of most favorite class. And you know, that's what I actually took up when I came through to Aberdeen because I get I met my partner Steve and uh-huh. I suppose I didn't do it as much and I was traveling a lot then I was actually driving from Elgin Were you, did you still to Aberdeen there? and at the weekend so I would okay. come through on a Friday go mm-hmm. back back on a Monday mm-hmm. so it took quite a lot out of me yeah um and so then eventually moved moved through yeah, I was just about say, 18 so months what, was this 2011 12 yeah you were doing was, that sort of commute and yeah. enjoying the classes feeling fit yeah um, and then was it Steve that brought you through to Aberdeen or was that a job opportunity? It's, well, I kind of was looking for job opportunities uh-huh. because he was here. Yeah. So, yeah. And got us, it was a very similar role. So it was all kind of good timing. Are you um, still in that role? I'm actually in a slightly different one okay. because of the way Curriculum for Excellence turned out. The whole accreditation with health promoting schools changed. Right. So we wanted to look more around the support in the communities. There mm-hmm. is still a health improvement officer for schools, okay. but I work kind of with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's more around communities, working with, you know, like social work, uh, third sector partners, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, Good. yeah, very, very rewarding, very challenging, but rewarding yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah, it sounds you're smiling when you're speaking about yeah. it. Yeah, so I do love it. Important to I you. do yeah. love it. So, yeah, you've. You've had your life up in Elgin. You've come through to Aberdeen for for love and work. Yes. Um. And what was that? Two thousand and twelve. Two thousand and twelve. Yeah. Yeah. Just, and yeah. um, something happened then, did it? Yes. I suppose I've always been a bit of a champion mm-hmm. for the fitness mm-hmm. and with work. You know, I don't know about we've we've got things like healthy working lives, and I mean working in health. That's one of the places where people are probably 
even more challenge to try and look after their health. They're not the people that walk the walk a lot of the time. Yeah. So I'd, um, I was in a healthy working lives group and we were trying to sort of encourage even walking at work. So uh, we had this group and we'd planned a walk on Friday the 13th, uh, 2014. It was National Bigfoot Walk Day. So we were about to have a healthy working lives meeting and we had... Um, the walk before that, uh-huh. you know, it's just like a half hour yeah. type thing. So that's leaving the office, going for a walk, then getting back for the meeting. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, at, at that particular day, I didn't really, I wasn't really feeling it, to tell you the truth, because I'd been in, in Edinburgh the, the day before on a tobacco. It was a youth tobacco commission about the, the strategy that was set out in um, the Scottish, Scottish government one in uh, basically expecting tobacco to be less than 5%, I think, of smokers for oh. Scotland. So I was absolutely knackered. I'd had a pool car. (sighs) So somebody took the pool car back for a minute. I thought, I better do it. You know, I'm a champion, you know, sort of thing. So did this walk and then just about a couple of minutes at the end of the walk, I was was one of the quicker walkers Uh um, chatting to the other quicker walker that was with me and... It was the weirdest, most, I suppose, surreal situation. So I just said to, to Sandy, I said, right, I better go and cross the road and go and get my bag and I'll be ready for the meeting. Mm-hmm. And just as I was doing that, uh, I felt this dunt in the back of my legs and um, it was basically a car. So it mounted the pavement and took me under the car. Um, so, yeah, all these things running through my head because about a week's time, I should have been going to Europe to do a motorbike tour of Europe so yeah you've stepped you've not even stepped off the um, pavement yeah yeah you felt this dunt on your legs and at least literally took me under it was right right underneath our car you you know watched the wheels kind of going over and kind (laughs) of so you remember that yeah I didn't pass out so what were your thoughts in that that a lot a lot the first one I felt the dunt it was like what the is happening yeah. to me you know I'm going on holiday I'm meant to be going to <laughs> Europe and you know you <laughs> something time. Is happening, yeah right? it, was, it was weird it uh-huh. was, you know and I the, the next sort of bit I suppose once I'd seen the wheels going over is I had a jacket on and it, it was dragging me slightly it was a, an automatic luckily it was a mic that was wasn't a massive L- car luckily, luckily. Right, right. <laughs> still quite heavy <laughs> coming over your chest so yeah yeah it caught your jacket it caught my jacket it was kind of dragging me so I could see the curb because it it was kind of I suppose a bit like this and I could see the curb Uh and I was like no it's gonna stop don't worry because if it hadn't stopped my neck would have just well I would have gone like that Uh so yeah and then it just all kind of stopped and got really quiet and Mm -hmm. I could hear people sort of around the group saying say it's all right it's all right as in the woman in the car Uh and I'm like woman in the car you know I'm like I'm here did they not know the car was no they didn't know where I was um I was the car was sort of sitting on the the, my chest Uh so I just kind of started screaming to get a bit of attention and and that's when it all was a bit kind of got very sort of surreal you Uh know um there was lots of people there I remember people looking at me you know um just going ashore it's all right. Um, I knew it was hard to breathe because, well, you know, it's on my chest. Your chest yeah. might do that. So, I mean, luckily, I was surrounded by medical people. You know, the, that's kind of one of the, the saving graces. Uh-huh. I think the other saving grace was because I was actually really fit because I'd come back and start getting into spin classes mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. But, yeah, it was... Somebody orchestrated, I don't know how long it took to get an ambulance there. Um, It was just all the timing was just a bit because, I mean, I was eventually got doped up with so much medication, you know, uh, was it morphine and ketamine? Yeah. How how long were you you under the, do you know how long you were under the car for? How long you were? I think it was possibly about an hour. um, And then they lifted, before the ambulance came, because I remember the ambulance, it was, I mean, I'm still friends with, you know, a lot of the people. Uh And uh, one of my pals, she actually said, we need to get this car off of her. And they actually, there was passers-by stopped and lifted it. The micra, I have no idea how they would have done that, but yeah. they lifted it off me. Uh-huh. Um, and then you were and, able to get out. 
well, yeah, I was still let had to be kept in that kind of position. Yeah. Um, so, the, I mean, the paramedics and that, you know, I remember asking them if I'm going to sort of die. And uh-huh. I think one of them said, oh, it's, you know, I've never heard of anybody dying of a broken leg. And they obviously didn't know what the kind of injuries mm-hmm. were then. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did have pretty awful oh, yeah, injuries. So, like, <laughs> what, yeah, what were the let's injuries? Let's get into that. So, like, say that that's happened. You yeah. go into hospital. It's probably a few days till you're start of understanding what's all happening. Yeah, can yeah. you tell us like well, a little bit about that how it felt yeah i mean even the journey from sort of getting from you know the the and the ambulance i mean i knew there was some major kind of things going on because mm. the, the pain i think the first thing that they knew there was my, my leg was broken and potentially pelvic damage yeah but by the time I got into hospital, you know, I was really struggling and feeling quite nauseous and that. And I remember people, I don't know if you've been in hospital yourself, but people looking over you. Mm-hmm. And this poor man said, he was like kind of looking up and he said, are you okay? And I said, well, no, I'm feeling a little bit sick like that, you know. And I remember kind of coughing up or being sick with like lots of blood. Uh-huh. So I'd actually had massive like internal bleeding. Yeah. My, both my lungs were punctured. So that was probably a saving grace with my fitness because the oxygen levels would have been pretty good uh-huh. to keep, keep me going. But I had, um, supposed to working from the top, my clavicle was broken, um, four broken ribs. My pelvis was broken on my left. And I also had this, my, my right um, femur was basically kind of shattered and I think my my consultant described it when he went in was like trying to bring a bag of crisps back together because the 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 bones were just all you know mush so yeah so a lot of a lot of pretty nasty damage and I was really lucky I think to to kind of be alive Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. and how long did it take for all that to heal yeah heal but like how did you uh, where did your mind go in that first few weeks months oh I suppose there's a lot of kind of what the hell has happened sort of thing Uh you know um I've always been quite positive and smiley though so that's the funny thing in hospital is I could still put a a smile on my face and I've always got that blooming public health kind of I remember when I was in ITU, I mean, it was an 11 hour operation and I had, I couldn't have had any more blood put into me because if that's just the medical sort of boundaries, uh-huh. you know. So I remember waking up in ITU, you know, your tubes sticking out of you and all that sort of stuff. And somebody's like, are you okay? Would you like to scrub your teeth? Because my, my face was a bit of a mess as well. Yeah. And they gave me a toothbrush and a, a bit of water and I'm like, What's the what's the water for? And they were like, go oh, to 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 rinse out. And I'm like, spit, don't rinse. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, even back then, it was kind of like, you know. But um, yeah, I had I had five weeks in Forester Hill in various sort of departments, mm-hmm. and then had to go up to Woodend for the whole rehab. So I was in Woodend for another six seven weeks. Okay. Um, but I mean, for nine weeks of that, the, I think the hardest thing to deal with was because of the, the injuries that I'd had in this leg, in my right leg, I had a big nail put in it that went from here down to my, my hip, right down to my, my knee. Um, Just a, a solid a big, nail? A, yeah, it's a big, big like nail with screws and stuff like uh-huh. that. So um, when they do that, they've, you know, with the, I suppose, the severity of the operation at the time when they're shaving your life yeah. and all that sort of stuff. And your leg, probably. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. They um, have to decide on what thickness mm. they, they put in uh-huh. and all that. And at the time, he decided on a certain size. So it wasn't the right size, unfortunately. I was meant made to, to stay in bed, not allowed to get out of bed at for, all. For nine, nine weeks. weeks. For nine weeks so and being such an active person Rachel how how did horrible yeah horrible I mean it, it's not even it's the dignity side of things as well I mean it's really you, frustrating no toilet, no toilet I mean you're catheterized you know so you're on the other side of things you have to do it in the bed and so this it's not nice no. it's it was horrible mm-hmm. really frustrating mm-hmm. Rachel um, can I just ask how do you how do you feel chatting about it now I don't mind that sort of side of things or was it just a fly there <laughs> I don't mind about that sort of side of things. I think it's the emotions when you start talking about that. So that's when you'll probably get a bit of a greet. So I'll try not and say that. <laughs> don't you do it. <laughs> don't you do it. <laughs> what you're like. That's why I'm not doing it. 
So yeah, you're, you're able to speak about it, but when you put yourself back into the, say that hospital bed through that nine weeks, it, it can cause it all oh, to totally. back. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So during that nine weeks, you're in the hospital, you're coming to terms with everything, you've been through a, a really horrific time. Yeah. After the nine weeks, what, what then happened? Um, I think that's when my stubbornness kicked in. Um, I had some funny, I mean, some of the times it's funny. I mean, hospitals, they're the weirdest places. I mean, they're the most amazing places, what they can do for you, but they're pressured as well. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was Wood End because they're a place that's a bit like a military operation. operation. Yeah. You know, you get woken up at 7.30 in the morning for painkillers, your breakfast, you've got to get dressed. And, and I can see the total, you know, uh, reason for that but there's also times where you know when you can actually get the joy to go to the toilet get out of bed mm-hmm. so you have to get in a wheelchair or a commode or whatever it is that yeah. you've had to use at the time and then you get put into the toilet and then you're like right I've done that I've done my stuff and you're pulling on and nobody comes for you so that's a bit frustrating because it's actually you know it was really quite painful some of that uh, so yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I'm a, I was a bugger I tell you <laughs> I, I broke out of the toilet once because I, I lost I lost the kind of um, patience to uh-huh. wait for somebody. So I don't know how I managed, but this was on a commode. I managed to kind of take the brakes off the wheels and try and navigate my way to the mm-hmm. lock. And I think this was actually during visiting time as well. And I kind of managed to open the door and fling myself out <laughs> into the, the water. Sheer determination oh, really? and annoyance, yeah. frustration. Oh. Really yeah. are the queen of rock and roll, are you? I am. <laughs> Breaking out of toilets. And Breaking out of toilets. Not meant to be moving. <laughs> so yeah, stubbornness got you through that. Yeah. Um, it was it that was that a turning point for you to be like, I can't be here anymore. I couldn't. I knew I couldn't be there. You know, it was. You know, I mean, it was still a long time after that. I I just wanted out as quickly as possible, mm-hmm. and I think that's the real challenge as well. You kind of. You become, I don't want to get really institutionalised because, I mean, that was pretty much three months in the hospital, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. It was the sunniest summer. I love the sun. I love the work. And it was so horrible having to be in a hot, stuffy hospital, mm-hmm. just dying to get outside. Yeah. I mean, my friend, she came and broke me out one day as well and, <laughs> in, in Wood End and took yes. me outside. Yeah. So it was it was good. I've, you know, so many sort of friends that supported uh-huh. me through it. So... Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think once I got able to, you know, transfer into like a, a wheelchair or whatever, mm-hmm. things started to happen pretty quickly. Yeah. You know, using the, the tools. I mean, the, the biggest thing is the wastage of your muscles. I mean, even in two weeks, I mean, I got, I couldn't get over when I first stood up. My butt cheeks had totally just, dis- it was like somebody had sliced my butt cheeks off. They were flat. There was uh-huh. nothing there, you know. Just gone. It was not used. Not used yeah. at all, you know. And, you know, it's it was, I, mm-hmm. I mean, I'd had to have a second operation as well, which was kind of a bit, and, a, and a, I was kind of quite worried about the way that my leg would function mm-hmm. this one because the muscles I suppose within two weeks and then having to have a second operation to put a second nail in because mm-hmm. it didn't start it didn't heal the the bone yeah and um, so I was kind of worried about what I was gonna be like if I left it mm-hmm. too long so yeah that was always in the forefront of my get up get walking um which was was a challenge some of the some of the things that you know, you get made to use our, I had some, I made some wonderful friends in hospital, you know, some older people. It was an older, it was mostly older people. Mm. She go into hospital, hip breaks. Yeah. It's all older people. So, you know, we had names for the, the machines, the boob cruncher and the Harley Davidson <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. So it really kept me going. It really kept me going. Yeah, totally. So I think from, from actually getting onto the, equipment that got you upright trying to walk mm-hmm. I think I was two weeks and that was me because I got out I was aiming to get out for my birthday okay. so and what it yeah. was 2014 yes uh-huh. yeah yeah so, so 43 yeah did you get out for your birthday I did I got out two days before my birthday oh, amazing nice, nice. so yeah Some celebrations at home was yes it? yes yeah, <laughs> but that that was the real sort of mm-hmm. battle I suppose getting into a home environment you know because you are looked after mm-hmm. in a hospital mm-hmm. 
when you get home, you know, you've got a certain amount of time, maybe people are looking after you, you can make your cups of tea, but you've got to get up and do it yourself. Yeah. And there's also not the same ever, handles kicking around to well, drag onto you. Yeah, having to use a Zimmer frame um, with a little tray that you can actually put your mm-hmm. cup, even that's, you know, trying to do things one-handed and all that. It's so, so, so challenging. Mm-hmm. And you just, you know, that's when I think your mental health really sort of kicks in. Yeah. You start to kind of think, you know, this is tough. Uh-huh. Going into that, just talk us through what what was your mindset like now looking forward? You're out, you're in you're in your own home. I wanted to get back to work. That was my biggest thing, you know. It was like I just had to I knew my body was done, but I wanted to get back to work. And I kind of said to to my boss, I mean, I was lucky that she actually agreed that I could do bits of work from home. Um so I think that kind of helped me as well as various projects. So mm-hmm. I mean, I think it was, well, it was the end of August that I got out. I had to go through, I was doing things like um, uh, the hydrotherapy. I was lucky enough to get into that, physiotherapy. Um, and yeah, I think it was the January that I started doing a few projects from home just to kind of keep your brain keep your brain up because yeah. your brain Absolutely. just is, you know, it just... So it's all you start over, you know, especially when you've, I suppose you've got bits like the accent, because I was suffering from PTSD. Yes, trauma. From, yeah. Mm-hmm. So even sort of getting over that, and uh, I, I mean, I had to get sort of therapy to help yeah. with that anyway. So, I mean, I got that in, what would it have been? I think it was 2015. Mm-hmm. I managed to see a professional for that, got right. some weird treatments. and Did that help? Yes, it yeah. did. I mean, I had this thing called EMDR, uh-huh. which I'd, I'd been seeing the guy who thought um, cognitive behavioural therapy would have been the way, but I'm also a bit of an avoider. So c- when you're an avoider, cognitive behavioural therapy is not the best thing to do. And you've also got to put yourself back in a place and reflect on, you know, why you kind of froze when you were, you know, a car went by or, mm-hmm. or whatever. And I'm like, I don't want to put myself back in that place. So mm-hmm. I think I'd been seeing him and had a good few chats with him. I think it was about six weeks. And he'd said, I think you're a voider. <laughs> <laughs> so so um, he's, he'd actually been trained in EMDR and he'd done quite a few people. And he, he'd said it's, um, I mean, it's, it's more evidence-based, I think, than CBT. Mm-hmm. And it's a really interesting therapy, but it means kind of, um, sort of, I guess it's if you think of a trauma in your brain as a bit of a, if you think of it as a mass, it doesn't get shifted over. That's the problem with trauma. It doesn't go into the long term and get processed properly. So there's lots of things. So any emotions like your relationships, if you've got anything that might be niggling you, that can attach itself to that particular trauma and it can build and just snowball. And that's how people can end up in some of the positions they're in. Mm-hmm. So it was it was a weirdest thing. I mean, it was looking at a finger going like this and him speaking to you, asking you these questions. And uh-huh. it was just the weirdest. But when I had it done, you said, I can actually physically see your shoulders have kind of dropped. You relaxed. know, you've relaxed. So yeah, I had right. that treatment and it was the most amazing thing. And it, it came at a great time as well because I had things like wanting to go to Goodwood Mm-hmm. which, you know, I'm a bit of a more sports freak as well. So, you know, going down there and being and feeling safe uh-huh. and that, because that's one of the things, you know, the noises that mm-hmm. can trigger you and know, all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. So so that's 2015 and you're starting to get better mentally. Has, yeah. Talk me through from 2015 to late 2019 then. Oh, well, I did have a bit of a setback. Mm-hmm. Um, the metal work. The second lot of metal work that I had, so that was 2000 and late 2016. Mm-hmm. I'd been getting on. I'd managed to get, get off my crutches, um, but I'd, I'd actually bought a new car and I thought, I'm a bit uncomfortable in my hip area. And I thought it was maybe because I was sitting differently. So I, I left it a, a wee while and uh, I think it was Christmas Eve. I actually had been to the doctors and... She said, right, let's get you up, get you x-rayed. And it turns out my metal work had snapped. So I had to go into hospital in the January to get the nail taken out. So I'd been walking about for three weeks with a broken leg, so it kind of gives you an idea of how wow. stubborn I am. Yeah. Yeah. 
So yeah, I went into hospital, got I actually got a half nail put in. So mm. I think it was a, a bit of a every cloud has got a bit of a silver lining because the, the 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 long nail never felt right. Okay. Yeah. Um felt I don't know, it was just it just didn't feel mm-hmm. right. So I think it should have snapped. I'm glad it did. <laughs> um not meant another week in hospital, which yeah. which wasn't great. A bit of a setback. Mm-hmm. Um, but that also, once I'd kind of got over the hospital issue, I'd like, right, I really need to get into, because I'd been not doing fitness. I was, so I was lucky. It, yeah. I, I wouldn't really go out for a walk with the dogs and stuff like that. So, you know, there was little bits that mm-hmm. I would do, but not an awful lot. So um, I'm trying to think when it was. I, I got involved with um, one of the physio, private physios, um, and thought Pilates is the way I wanted to go because I knew, I mean, I'm two centimetres shorter on my right side uh-huh. and I knew that my core was a way to kind of try and keep, you know, the back pain Stay that you lost. get and all that sort of stuff. So I got into them and got fit. I also wanted to go to Silverstone for the MotoGP mm-hmm. and that's a lot of walking and everything. And I thought, right, get get myself sorted for that so I really I got into that uh-huh. and so it was I, Pilates yeah, yeah I loved it and that was after coming out of hospital getting your hip and leg sorted yeah, yeah. and that was like a turning point to be like, totally okay, I need to yeah get back to exercise I know how good it makes me feel and Pilates was like you're in on that totally uh-huh. totally I mean I, I had to have a, quite a few intensive physio sessions to get me I guess fit for the Pilates, mm-hmm. but I mean that was a good thing. It was very specific. It was, you know, patient focused, I suppose, you know, yeah. so they knew exactly they were looking at me holistically, mm-hmm. which is, you know, the, the, the NHS ones, bless them, they t- tend to look at the injury. So I think once I once somebody looked at me as a whole person, that's what made a big difference. Uh-huh. And I got into the Pilates and I was doing it three times a week, loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew I always needed to do a bit more, but that was, I stuck in the comfort zone for that, but it was probably a good thing to do at the time, yeah. you know, so. And you clearly weren't ready for the other no, stuff yet. No, no, but I kind of got out and I was walking a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, the kind of lockdown thing came in last year, which this did. March 2019, 20, I'm lost. Uh, yeah. 20. <laughs> 2020, March 2020. Yeah. So you were doing your Pilates from 2017, which is, yeah, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so two years Pilates, three times a week, knowing that, you know what, I mean, probably need to do something else. Yeah. And the lockdown happened. Yeah. And then from there. Well, yeah, well, lockdown was probably, it was good in a way because um, my partner actually got furloughed. So what we would do in the morning, we would be getting up at seven o'clock and we'd ended up doing this four mile walk you know, in the morning. And sometimes we would do the same in the evening. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed it. It was just never quite enough. Um, and it wasn't as consistent as it could be. I mean, he ended up sort of getting back to work. And so I'd still do a bit of walking, but I knew it wasn't enough for me, especially when you're 50. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to do a, a bit more. Yeah. I was obviously knew that 50 was coming up as well and my weight had gone up slightly I'd never been a really large person mm-hmm. but I know with the injuries I've got when I get heavier that's when you know like my knees start to really feel it all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. so I'd started writing a, a bit of a list of things I wanted to do before I'm 50 although I'm being good, kind on myself and spreading it out of a little more time uh-huh. and one of the things that kept popping up was paddleboarding and people doing these paddleboard yeah. sessions the sunrise and the sunset ones I thought well, I'd like to get on a paddleboard and give that up right on my list yeah and then I don't know if it's that thing where Facebook listens to you or whatever but this suck to summit thing popped up uh-huh and I was like oh that sounds amazing it was um, a paddleboard from the great the, well the great Glen it's called so you go from Ben Nevis to Inverness. So my pal, who is also doing a test run here just mm-hmm. now, um, she got into paddleboarding during lockdown. So I said, what do you think about this? Do you fancy it? Because uh-huh. I thought there's no way I was going to do it on my own. She went, oh yeah, that sounds amazing. So mm-hmm. we signed up to it and I hadn't even been on a paddleboard. <laughs> so I didn't even know if I could stand on one. Yeah. Um, 
So that was my catalyst to go and right, Rachel, you really need to get your finger out your backside and get fit. Mm-hmm. And that's when you guys started popping up as well, <laughs> more <laughs> often. <laughs> so I thought, right, I'm going to give it a go because I had seen it a few times uh-huh. and I thought I'll give it a, give it a shot. What was it about uh, about us popping up all the time that you thought, you know what, I'm you could have went anywhere. I don't know if you'd had experiences in gyms in the year previous or like what was it about AKR in that moment that you thought, you know what, I'm going to go Well, it. I liked the look of it for a start, but I'd also known there was, there was another person that comes here, mm-hmm. uh, Lizzie. Yeah. Shout out to Lizzie. <laughs> oh, don't do that to her. <laughs> <laughs> She'll love that. <laughs> So I knew that she'd had an amazing time here mm-hmm. and that she'd come on leaps and bounds with her fitness and yeah. I, I I trusted in that. So I just thought, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna sign up to it. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think I suppose I mean, it was still a difficult decision, but I, d- I definitely knew that I had to do something. Mm-hmm. So even walking in through that door for the the your first sort yeah. of consultation uh-huh. um that was quite nerve-wracking I so. remember it well <laughs> I do I really do I remember you coming in and I remember I was sitting down there the goal of the stand-up paddleboard you still hadn't been on one yet yeah yeah and this this was like maybe a year before was it was it, it this was in November yeah, last so year when this yeah. airs you'll just be with us a year yes uh-huh so, yeah yeah um I remember you telling me your story. I was probably greeting. <laughs> but then in my head, I'm like, we, I just knew that we could definitely help you get on yeah. that paddleboard and be confident yeah. and, and love it. So yeah. um, t- just bringing that back, you said you were a little bit nervous walking in. Did that ease? It, yeah, totally. I think once I kind of sat down and spoke to you, it was, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, I, I knew I was doing the right thing. And, and it, I th- I think I knew even I mean, probably into week one of the chat. I'm right, I'm signing up. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was you know I have been other gyms before. Um, I and remember the, and had, the one you had bef- a bad experience. Like, I well, think I, did I remember that right? Yeah, I, I don't know if it was about it was possible because it was round about a similar time that the metalwork had snapped. Um, I'd went to. I'm allowed to say them. No. Anyway, um, I went to that gym and it seemed like it was going to be okay because part of it was very personalised. Mm-hmm. But then you were just left to get on with things and, and that was it. There was no checking in or anything like that. So, um, so and like you say, a programme to follow? Exercises. Uh-huh. Um, and it was, again, it was back to gym rather than my love is kind of more... Class. I think it's that classes I think it's the energy of other people you know mm-hmm. that's that's kind of what gets you through I'm I'm not and also I'm not I'm not I don't like to kind of watch myself do stuff either uh-huh. and there was mirrors everywhere and mm-hmm. I think there was oh, I don't know you just felt a bit conscious because I you know I was at that time I'm still really quite waddly mm-hmm. and nobody really knew you know so yeah. um so yeah, I didn't, I didn't enjoy that at all, and also I worried because I thought, oh God, if I do exercises, my metalwork gonna fail again, mm. you okay. know, because you just don't know. Yeah, it's yeah. gonna be in your head, though, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you, you came into AKR nervous, a little bit apprehensive because of experiences you had before. Yeah. Um, but you said the nerves kind of oh totally went away. You were a gem. Oh thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was that's what I was shouting out for there. Um, and then by week one you knew yeah this is the the, the place for yeah for me. Yeah totally. How was your first say hundred days of AKR? I, I, I tell you, I wouldn't have looked back. I mean, I can't I talk about you. It's like, you know, you're just part of my life now. It's mm. like having a wee family, is it? And it's never, I, I never really would say that I go, I've got to go to the, the gym or whatever. You look, you know, you look, I look forward to mm. it. Um, it's nice to be pushed. I don't, you know, it's not like you shout, maybe you do sometimes, but... <laughs> That's no, just because you don't but, hear me. You don't, well, it's not that you don't hear me, you just choose not to listen to me. You're but, like the rebel at the back of the class. <laughs> now it all makes sense. <laughs> it's all coming into place. Yeah, but no, I'd, I've just loved every every minute of it. Mm-hmm. It's um, It's been such a game changer, mm-hmm. you know, and knowing that I've had, I obviously had that goal 
yeah with the the paddle boarding mm-hmm. i mean even getting onto a i mean I, I actually learned to paddle board on easter monday this year was yeah, it? Was yeah it so you, <laughs> i think rachel you started in yeah. november we went into our second lockdown yeah christmas eve oh for like four months yeah and you were just getting into a routine of things but what pulled you through that lockdown well you know something because one of the things i mean i was i had been doing the pilates up until i think i managed to carry on up until probably about because they obviously went on to zoom and i carried on till about i think it was june and then i was just like my heart wasn't in it and it was like this isn't this isn't good and I was dipping out of classes and it was just like, mm-hmm. and I eventually stopped doing it, yeah. even though I knew that it wasn't. But I think the thing with that was, is they didn't, although they were they went on to Zoom, they were physio-led, they didn't um, have the capacity to look at you and still mm-hmm. adjust you. And that yeah. was the confidence I had in that, is that yeah. they, you knew that you were going to be in the right position yeah. and you weren't going to mm-hmm. do yourself any damage. So Zoom it's been a it's been a great thing work-wise and everybody's had to get into mm-hmm. it but it's also can cause a bit of fatigue you know you're just like oh, over zoom and also the fact that the my pilates wasn't flexible with time so like it was like seven o'clock on a wednesday night or whatever so everybody else had to get out the living room yeah. i had to do my thing mm-hmm. sometimes have the dog jumping on your face <laughs> if they're just coming for a walk or whatever the joys of zoom yeah <laughs> But it, it just, I was so over Zoom, it was uh-huh. unbelievable. And then when when we had that lockdown, I mean, I'd loved going out into, even with Fabio in the park, mm-hmm. doing, and all of you were doing it in the park, yeah. were you? It was great. Um, and I was, I never thought I would do that because I thought, I'm, I don't really want people watching me that uh-huh. I don't, you know. So that was another kind of game changer that you, you felt a bit more comfortable and confident doing that. But when it was like, oh, we're going to have to go to Zoom, I'm like, oh, Jesus, it's not for me. I hated Zoom. But I remember you saying, just give it a go. And yeah. I'm like, okay then. And it was to- it was great. Mm-hmm. It was totally different because it was a game changer for me, not only for the fitness side of things, but even work. Yeah. Because like with Zoom and working from home, you're sat on your backside getting engrossed into your work and you're lucky if you stood up every yeah. couple of hours uh-huh. or whatever, you know. So I actually had a little bit of a, a shift in my thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, right, I'm going to be a bit kinder to myself. I looked at the classes when there were times, so I was like quarter past nine. I thought, right, stuff it. I'm going to protect that time and I'm going to have my exercise and get that done. And that's that really saw me through, I think. You know, that lockdown period, that yeah. was, it seemed like Forever. eternity. Forever. That really got me through. Um, it's like you prioritised your health and fitness and took time for you out of the day because you knew you were sitting there for all day. So yeah. why not get up, work a little bit in the morning, 9.15, okay, I'm going to take a break here yeah. because I deserve it. Yeah. And exercise, feel good. Yeah. And did you have the mentality of the goal in mind then? Or was it just very it was much still day-to-day? It was still very much in, in mind because uh-huh. I'd still not been on the paddleboard. It was the April, um, Easter Monday that I, I got onto the mm-hmm. paddleboard. And even that, because it should have been the month before, yeah. but the, the lockdown was obviously extended slightly. Yeah. Um, so I booked that session at um, Rubislaw Quarry. Mm-hmm. I remember that. <laughs> And Easter Monday, where it was minus two and a half degrees. Yeah, it was snowing. <laughs> what the hell am I doing? It was yeah. blizzards. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just to sort of summarise that, you you came into us in November, started getting into strength training, really enjoying yeah. it. Yeah. Were you feeling feeling the benefits of it? I, I was definitely feeling mm-hmm. stronger. Definitely Great. feeling. I was. I mean, I'd lost. I think as well. I'd lost probably about a stone and a half as well yeah. by then. So, I mean, that was a big game changer because the extra weight was kind of getting to me as mm-hmm. well. So, I mean, it's it's not a massive, and it's, you know, it's not a lot, well, I suppose it is a lot of weight, but yeah. um, when, when you, you know how it's impacting well. on your actual movement. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to, then and then oh, the second lockdown hit, or third or fourth, I can't Lost remember. count, anyway, lost count. Um, and you were like, oh God, Zoom, because you've had bad experience on it, but actually you prioritised your time, you yeah. got in, 
you zoomed all the way through it and mm-hmm. um, started coming back to the gym you got on the paddleboard how was that first experience of the paddleboard it was fab I loved it apart from the snow but <laughs> no it was great mm-hmm. and you know um I didn't stand up that first day but I didn't feel pressured to um I, I just managed to kind of look at the I wasn't even sure when I got up from the little pontoon mm-hmm. having to shimmy over I mean I probably couldn't even have done that before yeah. you know physically mm-hmm. so shimmying onto this blooming board <laughs> and then floating about the place and trying to sort of you know and then actually kneeling up right uh-huh and not no not thinking I'm gonna fall off I was actually really really quite good mm-hmm. um and it yeah, it gave me confidence. I mean, I knew I was in the, on the right track. I still hadn't come to the enormity of how long I would have to stand up and paddle for for the... Yeah, so we had three, yeah. what was it, three, three months of regular training in here. Mm-hmm. Um, were you practising your paddleboard once or twice a week? Well, I had, um, I had booked sessions with uh, Sup to Summit um, at the pond but uh-huh. to tell you the truth I think I outgrew their pond on the first day did you yeah yeah I felt really once I stood up I think that was like yes I don't know I'm gonna be able to do this uh-huh. um, that's the rebel then, in you as soon as you stood up I'd say I'm off yeah <laughs> <laughs> See ya. yeah yeah was that a massive confidence oh totally you totally. knew then yeah I've got this yeah mm-hmm. and and it was I'd, I'd done a mixture of going out on because I, I I grew I've grown up near the water and I know how much you have to respect it mm-hmm. well, that's bossy so, for you isn't it yes totally you were the peterhead loon right. as well <laughs> <laughs> so um I I actually it was Matt bless him he'd he'd seen the advert for Lidl, so that's where I bought Lilo Lidl. That's Is that my the name of your Lilo Lidl, okay. So we've got Lilo Lidl. So yeah, I got her and I was doing a mix of sort of, so Lilo Lidl was mm-hmm. kind of getting trips out to lock a skein a bit safer and all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. And I was going out on the sea with um, Sup to Summit yeah. or I've done the River Dee and that as mm-hmm. well. Um, so a few different sort of experiences. Found out that, I mean, my balance is... I think pretty good because when I think about some of the days that I've been out with them thinking should we be out on this yeah. um, and I can stay upright you know I am um, yeah I'm, all that strength training and amazing Pilates everything yeah. just yeah. brought you through that totally totally mm-hmm. I mean even because I mean I have to adapt getting up I'm not I can't get up like the squat position straight uh-huh. so I'm more downward dog and up yeah and up so yeah, so it's just all been absolutely cracking. I would not not give it up, you know. If you, you I actually kind of think, what's going to happen like in years to come when these lot kind of grow up? Are they going to? What's it going to be like? You know, <laughs> when you grow up. <laughs> well, no, when you, you know, like, you know, like, that, that's. I don't like change much, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of change. I mean, you know, you you moving on, and mm-hmm. you just think how everything. And I thought, I don't, I don't really want it to change, but I suppose it will, in some way. But and it'll always be good because I know there's really good values behind this, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of one of the things I think that people love about it. Yeah, so. good. Never change. Never Mike. change. Never change, Mike. Let's. <laughs> Let's talk about Sup the Summit. Yeah, though. let's talk about that. Let's talk about all let's, that training's gone to good. Let's end the suspense. Yeah. Did you do it? Did you complete it? Of course I did it. Yeah, <laughs> of course I did. No one was ever in doubt. Yes. No one was ever in doubt. How did no, it feel? It was amazing. I mean, I think, I don't know if it, I, I was so confident I could do the paddleboard and all you, the, there was a lot of miles. We always say 60 sort of miles. 60 miles. Uh, 60 miles. Yeah. yeah. And it's over. I mean, Loch Ness was a, is a beast. I don't know if you've ever paddleboarded on it. I mean, I've looked at it. <laughs> and uh, what was the, the nice hotels you stayed in? Like? None. <laughs> <laughs> I was in a hammock with a bit of tarpaulin over my Wild head. Wild camping. <laughs> I'm not a camper. I'm a like I'm a lady that likes my comforts. I like my hot showers because I do have pain in my body, mm-hmm. and hot showers or you know and comfy beds is is something that, that you liked hot I showers, like. but decided to go paddleboarding in Scotland. Yes, and sleep in sleep and sleep outdoors. <laughs> That's the only way to do. I think That's no. the experience. Is it? It's totally. So I mean, I would not have changed it. I mean. The weather could have been better, but you know something. Some when I even when I look back to the last day, we did the second half of law. We we didn't manage to do it in the linear kind of route, yeah. you mm-hmm. know, because if you're a paddleboard, you know the wind is is your enemy and it can be your friend, and you yeah. have to use it to be your friend. Yeah. So we did it sort of bit by bit. 
we were lucky because we had you know support to help us do that um but the last day of Loch Ness I mean I've never been on the sea when it's been that rough and it was the only day I fell off that paddleboard so and what mile was this left of this was I think we did 18 miles that last day yeah well done um so yeah I think I did about two two-thirds of it probably standing up and some Amazing. of the on my knees because it was pretty there was white horses um and it was wild uh-huh. yeah it was wild so and how how when you when you got to the end how did it feel amazing yeah yeah for, for the fact i actually did a hawaii five to o job coming in as well <laughs> dived over yeah <laughs> so you, um, you didn't only just do it for you though no, no. Um, a bit more. I, I've managed to raise just under two and a half grand for the Amazing. homeless. So that's going to a community outreach group um, that's kind of helping people that are homeless, you know, not only giving them hot food and drinks and mm-hmm. stuff, but also to help them sort of assess their lives and, and look at, you know, where they can be helped, whether it's trying to get them, you know, is it healthcare or... Yeah. you know uh, support around employment all that kind of mm-hmm. thing so yeah so yes. very rewarding very mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. yes amazing <laughs> what what a story rachel honestly story. it's it's been so good it, what's next oh well i do have because i've got my 50 things to do before i'm 50 and i i used to be a motorbike rider uh-huh um, i haven't been on a motorbike for 15 years now um, I sense a butt coming here. Well, I'm, I'm hoping. <laughs> I think it might be next year. I'm not sure if I'll do it this year. Depends on the weather. But one of my, I would love to ride a motorbike again. Mm-hmm. They kind of position slightly different, and um, so I've actually spoken to some bikers that do, you know, the tests and all that. Yeah. So I've said, look, this is what the situation is. I is it the way to, that you're sitting on it? Is it just too yeah, uncomfortable? Yeah, the I, hip doesn't yeah, have that movement? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I suppose it's the kind of, I've, it's, it's you know, if you put both your feet down, am I going to be able to, oh, yeah. without yeah. it, you know, because okay. it's my my left leg that's got this, the nerve damage mm-hmm. that kind of makes it a little bit, plus I can feel the metal digging into my bum muscle as mm-hmm. well, where the, the plate is. So. Yeah. I'm gonna, uh, they're gonna take me on and give me a lesson and I'm just gonna take it from there. Wow. So I want to kind of, I think that's my, my thing. I want to t- kind of turn up at the door and go toot toot Steve, let's go out for a ride. Yes. Cause I oh, tell you, he would shit himself. <laughs> Let, less toot toot, more rev rev. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Here's definitely. your helmet, let's go. <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to hearing how you get on with that. Yeah, so good. yeah. So that's one of my, my next ones. But I'm trying to think what I would do for would it be a paddle boarding challenge? I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Not sure. I feel like you've done that. I want to do a beast face, but I'm sorry, but I've, I've got a luxury night away. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next year. Rachel loves our luxuries, but we'll uh, sleep in a hammock for yeah. charity. <laughs> yeah. on, is there anything that you would like to touch on that we've not uh, talked about today at all? Or leave the listener with anything? Oh, I don't know. No, I would just say, I mean, God, I love, you know, the AKR always keep reaching. I think it's such a a great sort of uh, statement. Don't sit still because the world's just, you know, it's a dull place if you just sit and don't make the most out of your life. Time's going by. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, thank you for coming in. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you here. Your story is inspiring. And I look forward to uh, the day that you outside revving that engine on that motorbike. (laughs) Rachel, thank you so much. Folks, if Rachel's story has inspired you, please get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you and love to help you out. And, you know, like, share, review, and we'll catch you on the next one. (laughs) 